back to jams for hire i'm matthew perry alongside will polston and the nba playoffs are about to begin so i thought uh we should take the time to break things down a little bit go through the first round matchups uh earlier to, uh, earlier today at the time of recording we had the uh, play-in game between the portland trailblazers and the memphis grizzlies the trailblazers just edged out the grizzlies 126 to 122 they will face the uh, los angeles lakers in the first round so I thought, uh, why, why not uh, just get right into it? Uh, so our first round matchup, uh, the one seed Lakers taking on the eight seed Portland Trailblazers. Will, how do you see this one turning out? I think this series is going to be a little bit more interesting than people may give it credit for. I, whenever I look at the Trailblazers, uh, they, they showed adversity today by being able, or I should say resiliency, by being able to fight back. They were down by quite a bit to the Grizzlies at a point. And they were still down in the fourth quarter, but they were able to fight back and end up taking the W. Um, it looked like it was going to have to go to game two, but uh, Portland was able to pull out of it. And then whenever you look at how Portland goes about scoring their points, the two names you need to worry about are Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. And that backcourt is absolutely outstanding. And when you look at the Lakers team, they don't really have any backcourt members to stop those guys. Um, so I think Portland stands a chance. I, I, whenever there's, there's a little bit of an upset buzz already. And honestly, it's hard not to kind of step on that bandwagon. Um, I think this, I think the series goes to seven, but I still think the Lakers will still edge out the, uh, the trailblazers in the end. I think, I mean, LeBron, obviously he, he's there. Davis is going to play. I know he's day to day, but it's looking like he's going to be back. And so, uh, as much as they ha- don't have anybody to stop uh, the Portland backcourt, I don't know if any- Portland has anybody to stop the Laker frontcourt. So uh, I'm going to take the Lakers in about a six or seven game series. Wow. Uh, the Blazers pushing it to six or seven would be kind of surprising for a lot of people. Uh, you don't see that happen on LeBron very often, but uh, I'm going to have to agree with you. Uh, it's going to be dangerous. Uh, the combination of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, you know, that's never easy. They have some other sneaky star power with uh, Carmelo Anthony, who shows he's still got it. He hit the, the dagger three in today's game, um, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, I mean, they have some decent defenders, too. you got to remember they have Nurkic. They have uh, Hassan Whiteside, who is fantastic with the Heat. He's cooled off a bit since joining the Blazers, but he still gets his blocks when he needs to. Um, but, yeah, I don't think no, it's going to be easy. The Lakers have looked horrible since joining the bubble. I mean, yeah, yeah they, they, they're a first-place seed, so they really don't have much to play for, but they have not looked good. They're, they're yeah. shooting like historically low numbers, yeah. especially and, from the perimeter. Yeah, and then looking on the other side, you have Damian Lillard, who won the bubble MVP unanimously. He's been playing out of his mind ever since uh, Pat Beverly and Paul George started, like, taunting him. He's been, he's he hit 11 threes just in the play-in game today. Like, he was, yeah. he's ridiculous. He's on fire. He played really well. McCollum played really well today. Um, but in the end, I think it, it's going to be the Lakers. Uh, I, I do see it being a long series as well, uh, just because Damian Lillard is so so good in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go Lakers as well. Um, <clears throat> moving on to the next game, we have the Houston Rockets taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is pretty interesting, in my opinion, considering you have Harden and Westbrook, given Harden – I mean, sorry, Westbrook is out for a little bit with a hamstring injury, I want to say. Um, he's out – 
for the time being. He'll miss the beginning of the playoffs. And then you have Chris Paul, who got traded from uh, the Rockets, obviously, in that Russell Westbrook trade. So there's a lot of uh, things coming together here, and it should be quite fun to watch them in a seven-game set. What are your thoughts on this series? No, I, I think that's the best storyline of this series. I think it's interesting to see uh, three players at least go against their former teams. Uh, it's going to be a, an interesting look, but ultimately I don't see a world in where the Rockets don't pull this out. Uh, James Harden is an absolute stud, um, obviously, and whenever they get Russell Westbrook back, he's an absolute scoring monster. Uh, Chris Paul, not exactly – the best defender, uh, granted, Russell Westbrook, not exactly uh, defensively sound, and Harden definitely has nowhere to talk on that on that standpoint. So I like Shea Gildas Alexander whenever he's going to be playing up against Harden. Uh, maybe look to see him put up some pretty decent numbers, but ultimately, I think the Rockets have the firepower, and I don't see where. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe OKC can take take a game or two, but I don't, I don't see where this would go too long of a series. Yeah, I think uh, I agree that the storyline is the most compelling part of the series for sure. I think most people are going to have their eyes on that aspect of the game, but I honestly think it's going to come down to coaching. You know, you have Billy Donovan of the Thunder, who's a uh, coach of the year nominee this year. Uh, and then you have Mike D'Antoni, who's, you know, kind of been really unorthodox this season. They traded Clint, Clint Capella, who is arguably their best defender, to kind of go with a full offensive, you know, all-man-out attack kind of style, and it's worked for them. Um, and they had success all season. Uh, I agree that the Rockets are going to have to pull this off. I think um, their offense, obviously D'Antoni is focused on that, completely outweighs the Thunder offense. And Steven Adams is a good defender, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be too much in the end. He, he, he can't cover all perimeters, and the Rockets just have too many shooters with guys like Harden, Eric Gordon, et cetera. So I'm going to have to go Rockets as well, but I'm really excited to watch that series just because I think it's gonna be, there's going to be some good games throughout. Um, moving on, we have uh, another good one between the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz. Um, these guys are known for great primetime games, great, lots of great defense in this game, uh, in this series, for sure. Um, how do you see this one turning out? Uh, personally, I don't know how well the Jazz are going to fare up against the Nuggets. Uh, Jamal Murray has had a couple of injury issues throughout the bubble, and it's questionable whether or not he's going to be day-to-day. Is he going to be out? Is he going to miss significant time? Right now, it's looking like he might be okay, so... Uh, I think he got sat in the last seeding game just as a precautionary. Um, But Nikola Jokic came back into the bubble, and he's looking in the best shape of his life. He looks like he shed 20-some pounds, and he's an outstanding outstanding man down by the glass. He's going to fight down there, and he's going to be able to get rebounds uh, quite efficiently too. And then not to mention Michael Porter Jr., their small forward, has been scoring – really well in the bubble. I want to say he's averaging about 20, 23, somewhere in that span. He's averaging, he's scoring at a rate that he was not scoring at in the regular season, and he's looking really good. So I I think that's a nice scoring threat, and if they can have a third person to take away from Jamal Murray when he's there uh, and Nikola Jokic, they're going to be able to spread the ball all around the court, and it's not going to be 
a, it's not going to be basically defending two players. Uh, so Michael Porter Jr. picking it up, I think he's going to be a little bit of an X factor for the for the Nuggets in this series, and I think they're going to be able to walk out with the victory uh, and move on to the next round. Yeah, one of the matchups I'm looking most forward to this series is between Nikola Jokic and Rudy Gobert. You have Rudy Gobert, who's a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, he's looked really good defensively, of course. He's got the awards to prove it. And, uh, yeah, Jokic is really becoming a true leader on that Nuggets team. You know, you're surrounded by a lot of young guys. You need someone to be a leader. I, do, I think they, do they still have Paul Millsap? Um, want to say so? Yes. Yeah, I want to say they do. And, and he's another good veteran presence. He's a, he's a bit older than Jokic, but uh, I'm sure we can look that up. But, um, yeah, Jokic has looked really fantastic, and he's an all-star every year. Uh, very underrated out in Denver. And I think with a couple more pieces, he could be – you know, one of the top players in the league. But uh, Donovan Mitchell for the Jazz, he's still fantastic. One of the best scorers in the league, one of the young stars. Um, this is going to be a close series, but I think I'm going to have to go with the Jazz just because Donovan Mitchell gives them that kind of scoring advantage, I would say, over the Nuggets. I mean, Jamal Murray is improving every year. Um, but at this point in time, I have Donovan Mitchell outplaying him. So I'm going to I'm have to go Utah. Um, it'll be a close series, though, for sure. Um, moving to our last matchup in the West, we have the Clippers taking on the Mavericks. Now, this one is pretty interesting just because the Mavericks are kind of very underrated, I would say. You know they have Luka Doncic, but, you know, I know a lot of their team goes kind of under the radar. Uh, I know they have Smith Jr., they have Porzingis, but – Will, you think they could pull this off against the Clips? Uh, it, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, I think it's I think it's another one of those series that I can see going six games. I could see the Mavericks maybe taking a game or two from the Clippers. But um, at the because, I mean, I love Luka Doncic. I love Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, those are two very big names. And I think this series is honestly probably one of the series with, like, the most star power between both teams – between Luca and Kristaps over with Dallas, and then you also have Paul uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard over in the Clippers. Uh, it's it's going to be a big name kind of series. It's kind of like one of those uh, NBA series that the NBA loves, just from all the big names and all the rec- It's going to be a revenue kind of series. But I, I I think with the Clippers, both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George being very uh, prevalent on both the offensive and the defensive side of the ball. Paul George, I'm assuming, is going to be matched up against Luka Doncic, which will be a nice uh, a nice battle to see throughout the day. Uh, I, I think that'll be interesting to see through the series to see how Paul George does holding down Luka Doncic. Uh, I can only imagine Luka is still going to find holes here and there, but uh, it's going to be how well can Paul George limit Luka. And I, I think, obviously, like I said earlier, I think they're going to get a couple of games, maybe one or two here and there. But uh, they have looked good and even outside of their uh even outside of their big name starters like Zubac has come in and he's looked amazing too like he was a little bit late because of uh, uh COVID but he ended up coming into the bubble and he was averaging roughly around 12 points a game and uh doing a good job down at the glass for a big man it's not bad you know and he's uh it's 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 a it's a nice little starting uh, center it's another option to have down there you might as well take advantage of what you have and uh, I, I like the I like the Clippers in this situation. Yeah, I'm have to agree with you. Uh, I have no doubts that Luka Doncic is going to play fantastic. I mean, that's just who he is at this point. 
he's such an elite guard and so tough to kind of hold down just because he's so elusive. But I don't see the Mavericks winning more than maybe one game, one or two, maybe, if Doncic can really go off and carry. I mean, Porzingis has been solid, but he's not – I think I don't think he's what Knicks fans at one point hoped him hoped for him to be. I think that's kind of why they traded him. Um, he's okay, but he's not that like elite status. And I don't want to credit star power for giving Clipper the Clippers the advantage. But when you have a team with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Pat Beverly, you know they're not going to be easy to stop. You know, so it'll be interesting for sure um, to see if the Mavericks can pull off some kind of upset. But honestly, I got to give it to the Clippers. I think Kawhi is still going to be Kawhi. Um, Pat Beverly is a defensive wizard. You know, he he's always towards the top in steals. Um, and then Paul George is going to do his thing. I, I mean, I know he hasn't had any good luck um, when it comes to the playoffs. But uh, hopefully this is their year. They got Doc Rivers as a coach, who's one of the best coaches of all time, in my opinion. I think he's fantastic. And as long as the Clippers can put this together somehow, they have what it takes to – at least get it out of the first round, maybe even farther. Uh, so that's the Western Conference. Um, glad we got that out of the way. Now let's get to the East. Uh, and let's start off with the one-seed Milwaukee Bucks taking on the eight-seed Orlando Magic. Uh, yeah, uh, home court advantage is not going to matter uh, for the Magic. Uh, their, their one chance to maybe take a game was taken from them when Jonathan Isaac tore his ACL. Uh, I'm assuming he was going to be the guy who was going to be matched up against Giannis to hopefully slow him down. Um, but it really is going to be uh, – now that he's out, it's going to be free range for Giannis. He's going to be able to do exactly what he wants to do against that Orlando Magic's defense. Uh, I don't see – the only matchup that I think would be fun to watch would be Fultz versus Bledsoe. I think that will be fun to watch because Bledsoe is a very defensive – uh, a very defensive guard and Fultz is known to be a, uh, at least he's supposed to be that pure scorer. He's supposed to have a good, uh, you know, we, we see that he can finish, but it, it's his shooting ability. He started off really hot at the beginning. Then I want to say he shot uh, two for 12 uh, going on later after he nailed his first like four or five three pointers. So uh, he started off hot coming into the bubble, but definitely cooled down. It'd be interesting to see the, the kind of like, the rookie versus the vet kind of situation. But, um, yeah, no, it's not even – I don't think it's a question. I, I, it's, it's law that the Bucks are going to move on. It's just four or five games, and, frankly, I don't see the Magic taking one out. I, I think it's going to be a quick four-game sweep for the Bucks. I agree. It's going to be a quick one, in all honesty. The Bucks just have way too much – Star power, honestly. Uh, they've look, they look good all year. They got the one seed. I, they clinched the best record in the NBA. And, uh, yes, I am, I am personally a Bucks fan. But all, all bias aside, I think it's going to be pretty easy for them. Uh, the matchup I'm most excited to see, uh, I'm honestly going to say Brooke Lopez against uh, Vucevic, just because those are two veterans at the five. And um, the inside game is going to be one of the most important uh, pieces of defense for the Magic, just because you have Giannis – you know, euroing his way in there. But they're going to honestly have to watch the perimeter, too. You got, you got three-point shooters like Bledsoe, like uh, Chris Middleton, who's very underrated in my opinion. You have sixth man Kyle Korver. I'm excited for him making his way back to the playoffs. He's always very fun to watch. But uh, overall, I think it's going to be pretty quick. I got, I got the Bucks sweeping the magic. 
Um, like you said, Jonathan Isaac being out is, is a really big deal, and that's just going to cost them any chance they had of taking a game or two. Um, but moving on to the next one, and this one was tough for me to kind of make a decision on. I, I got the Indiana Pacers taking on the Mil- – uh, not Milwaukee, uh, Miami Heat. Uh, these are two very similar teams. Uh, how do you see this one going? Uh, this is this series has really kind of blown up mainly just because of the whole uh, TJ Warren and uh, Jimmy Butler beef, which yeah. is fun to see. I mean, you don't typically see beefs in basketball, at least ones that can get a little physical. Which, uh, you know, I'm I'm not exactly the biggest basketball fan, but if we can get that going, I'm all for it. So, uh, I I really like seeing these two. These two teams really seem to elevate each other. They seem to play always play each other competitively. And it, I, it, to, for me, it was also the hardest series to kind of pick. Uh, it, it was kind of hard to try to decide which team exactly had the, the advantage, I would say. But overall, I'm going to take a seven-game series, and I'm going to do the first upset of it, and I'm going to go with the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the Miami Heat's pure shooters between Duncan Robinson uh, Tyler Hero, I mean, they have the three-point ability. They are great around the perimeter. Bam Adebayo down low. Jimmy Butler is also a great shooter. Uh, I I love this team. I, I love this Miami Heat team. I, I love the players that they have and then the system that they run with the players that they have. I like just the way things are run down there. And uh, I, I think it'll be a close one between the Pacers. I think the Pacers can definitely pull a couple games out. But I, I, I see a seven-game series. I really see it kind of going down the wire and the Miami Heat pulling it out. I, I, I agree that this one's close, but I disagree in the fact that uh, the Miami Heat is, a, is an upset. I personally think that they are the better team, um, despite it being pretty close. Uh, T.J. Warren, you know, T.J. Warren just recently got really good. I mean, this is a hot streak, but he wasn't doing this during the season. Uh, I agree he's one, of the more, he's one of the more slept-on players in the league, but – I don't know how long he can continue this hot streak. I mean, it's not going to be easy, especially against Miami, especially if he has Jimmy Butler on him. Jimmy Butler, in my opinion, is a a much better complete player than TJ Warren and has been doing this for much longer. Butler has playoff experience. And with his help and um, Goran Dragic, he's had a little bit of experience. He's very good at the one. Uh, Tyler Harrow's looked really good uh, to me this year. if not for John Morant, I would say he's rookie of the year. He had a really good season, and I, I like him. He has a very bright future. Uh, and as you mentioned, Duncan Robinson, who is one of the more up-and-coming players for the Heat. Um, and, yeah, countering that for Indiana, I mean, you don't have much. You got T.J. Warren, who, like I said, is on the hot streak. Malcolm Brogdon was a good pickup they got from Milwaukee in the offseason. I really liked him uh, when he was playing for my Bucks. I, I'm, I'm honestly upset they, they got rid of him. He won the Rookie of the Year a few seasons ago. He's been pretty consistent. They have T.J. McConnell, who's a decent rebounder and can be a scoring threat at times, but I don't really consider him a threat against someone like Duncan Robinson. And then Miles Turner's good. He's gotten a lot better at the five. Um, He, I think, will be one of the only problems that the Heat run into. Well, they have V.O. too. Is he playing? I I wasn't sure if he was playing or not. I thought he was playing. Oh, well, well, yeah, Victor Oladipo then is, is definitely a big deal. Um, I was unsure if he was playing or not due to his, his prior injuries. But, um, 
yeah, if, if Victor Oladipo is playing, then, yeah, he's definitely their biggest scoring threat. And uh, that, kind of, that honestly kind of changes my whole narrative. But uh, I, I still, in the end, I do have the Heat um, in probably six. I'd like to say six. I think that's a good midway point uh, for the series. But this is one of the more, uh, moving on, this is one of the more prime time kind of series, I would say. The uh, Boston Celtics taking on the 76ers. And um, we just heard a couple days ago that Ben Simmons is injured and has to undergo surgery, I believe. On I think it was a knee issue or something of that sort. Uh, he's going to miss some time. How do you think that will affect the Sixers' chances on beating the Celtics? I think that the Celts or the 76ers will have a big advantage when it comes to their front court. I, I think Joel Embiid and Al Horford are an amazing combo. Uh, Al Horford was the man that kind of shut Embiid down last season uh, with the Celtics. He was kind of the the marksman for Embiid, and now they're on the same team. So, uh, and whenever it comes to big man uh, for the Celtics, they have an Inez Cantor who's not going to do anything great. Uh, and then Daniel Tice has been absolutely uh, out of his element when it comes to the bubble. He's looked phenomenal, but. Uh, uh, obviously, Embiid probably is the best center in the NBA, at least up there in the top three easily. Um, whenever it comes to defensive and offensive ability, he's very well-rounded. But at the end of the day, I think the with Ben Simmons being out, I think the Celtics have more weapons. And I think it's going to be a, a better chance for the Celtics to get by without Ben Simmons because now you don't have to worry about that all-star point guard because Kemba Walker is not a great defender by any means, but now Kemba doesn't have to worry about him. And so it's going to be the Embiid show over for the 76ers and how they're going to be able to work around it. Maybe Tobias Harris is going to be obviously going to be a big scoring threat as well, but overall between Jason Tatum, between Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, uh, I, I don't see where uh, a player or I don't see where a team such as the 76ers missing Ben Simmons, uh, I don't see where they can slow down the Celtics. So I'm going to go with the Celtics. I could see the 76ers taking a couple games. It's going to be a great series, but I, I, I take Boston overall. I think you said it perfectly. I think it really just comes down to weapons. Uh, I do think their front court is um, much better um, with Embiid and Horford. I mean, that definitely outpower, uh, overpowers Tyson Cantor. Like a hundred percent. Those are two, like you said, Embiid's one of the best centers in the game. Horford's been one of the best centers in the game for a long time. He's so consistent. Um, but yeah, then then you have the Celtics who have they have a weak front court, but then you look at that back court and you got uh, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, you know, or oh, not Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, you know. Well, Marcus Smart too off the bench, yeah. Oh right, right. That's right. Um, well, I'm assuming Jalen will run. I, I don't know how exactly their lineup would run because I'm assuming between Kemba, I'm assuming Marcus Smart's coming off with Jalen at the two, Gordon at the three. Yeah. I would, and Tatum at four. I was, I for some reason, was thinking of Terry Rosaire, and I know he, he he's, he's a Charlotte. He's, yeah, <laughs> he's been. I mixed up him and Smart for some reason. But yeah, Smart, Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, you know, the list goes on and on. Maybe Taco Fall gets some time in one a game, in a game or two. Anything can happen in the bubble. But, uh, yeah, that'd be fun. That would be fun to watch. watch. But I would um, – I'm going to go with the Celtics. I think the um, 
weapons just outweigh those of Philadelphia. I do think it'll be a good series. I think it'll go six, maybe even seven, if if Horford and Embiid absolutely go off. But if that doesn't happen, I do have the Celtics um, taking this one. But moving on to our final matchup in the East, I think this one is very similar to the uh, Bucks Magic series. You got the Toronto Raptors taking on the Nets. The Nets are without Kyrie. They're without KD, obviously. Um, they had a bunch of people test positive, so I know they're missing a bunch of their best players. I think uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is yet to come back. Um, they're still missing him. He had a big season. And uh, it's really just Karis Levert in the that scene from um, Prince of, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where he's just standing in the living room. Like, he's all alone out there in Brooklyn. Do you, do you think the Nets have any chance, really? Uh, <laughs> No, uh, just make it short and sweet. The Toronto Raptors were the second best defending team in the regular season. They've come back to the bubble and the defense has stayed with them. They've been the best defending team in the bubble now. They went seven and one, and I'm pretty sure their one game they lost was because they were sitting players. Uh, they're they're well rested and they're looking amazing. Uh, don't get me wrong, Brooklyn had its kind of it had its bright spots. They took down some big name teams, but then again, they were also sitting players. So uh, it's gonna it's Karis LeVert and Jared Allen out there. No Spencer Dinwiddie, no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving. Uh, if this team can come back healthy next year, I think this team is very dangerous. Um, if they can get KD, if they can get Kyrie back, if they can get Spencer Dinwiddie back, uh, I think that that starting five becomes terrifying. Um, but until then, I don't, not a chance. I, I think I think the Toronto Raptors are going to run right through them. Uh, defensively, they're amazing. They're great at scoring the ball as well. Uh, I don't think that the not. I'm going to put my face out there. The Nets do not stand a chance. It, it's it's the same as the Magic, as you mentioned. It's not even close. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be more of the same when it comes to that. I mean, the Raptors this year looked good, if not even better than last season, and that's without. Kawhi Leonard you know they still have Kyle Lowry who's been there forever uh Serge Ibaka and Pascal Siakam had really good seasons especially Siakam he's really uh am I am I not pronouncing it Siakam 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 there you go yeah I, that one will always that one will always get made him sound like a like a cable company Siakam <laughs> I mean uh, I, if I didn't know his name before, I know it now. I mean, he's he's becoming a star slowly but surely in this league. Very good defender. Uh, arguably one of the most improved players this season. Uh, he, yeah, he looked really good. And they, they didn't really have any falters without Kawhi Leonard. I mean, they still looked like the same defending champs. Yeah, um, OG, OG Ananobi has made a good transition into that small forward position out there in replacing Kawhi Leonard. Uh, obviously not the defensive guy that Kawhi Leonard is. I mean, Kawhi Leonard's a, a reigning or a multiple defensive player of the year. Right. So you're, you're not going to get that just anywhere. So, but OJ, uh, OJ Ananobi, I think he's doing a great job of playing his role out there in Toronto. So um, this, this team looks great. And then to have Freddie Van Vliet coming off the bench or yeah. even playing the two, um, I, I mean, this team just looks so good. Like I, the, the Raptors do, look just as good as you mentioned, if not better than last year. That's shockingly after losing one of the best players in the league. Yeah. The Raptors, I think are going to either pull out a sweep or I don't, I think the Nets have a better chance of taking a game than the magic do against the bucks. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, then, yeah, the Nets are a big sleeper team, and it's going to be scary next year as long as uh, Irving and Durant are healthy and COVID's out of the way, Dinwiddie's back, and Karis LeVert stays. The Nets are going to look good, and they're going to cause some problems in the East. But we're not there yet. If I'm not mistaken, that starting lineup would be uh, – I'm assuming it'd be Kyrie, Dinwiddie, or it'd be Dinwiddie, Kyrie, LeVert, Durant, and Allen. That is terrifying. Yeah, that's that's gonna be dangerous. That's a lot of star power. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna cause some problems. But we're not there yet, unfortunately, for the Nets. Uh, so I got the Raptors taking that. Um, so that, that was the first round of the NBA playoffs. Uh, we'll be back with the second round once that uh, once we know who's advancing, and we'll we'll recap round one and make our predictions for round two. Will you got anything else you want to say about round one? Watch Zubach. He's going to be great. Zubach. Uh, LA, LA Zubach. Center. Starting center. For LA some Clippers. reason, he's going to be great. Just keep an eye on him. LA Clippers, they play Monday night, 9 p.m. ESPN. Look out for Zubach. But uh, for Will Polston, I'm Matthew Perry. We've been the GMs for hire, and we will see you guys next time.